Welcome to the Secrets to Mindful Health podcast. I am your host, Beth Warren. On today's episode, we are going to go through a woman's cycle, not just any cycle, their menstrual cycle, different phases of PMS. Yes, they are called other things and how they relate to your body. What diagnoses women get diagnosed with and what likely they may be weight loss and management in relation to this process and overall health. And I would love to even touch on birth control, natural pills, fertility. So of course I have the most amazing expert that I am psyched to talk to. This is Nicole Bendayan. She's a certified holistic nutritionist with a specialization in holistic menstrual health. She's dedicated to empowering women on their journey to optimal well-being. With a fervent passion for supporting women, Nicole guides them in achieving balance, managing hormonal health, and thriving personally and professionally by aligning nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle choices with the four phases of their menstrual cycle, boasting an extensive audience of over a million individuals across various social media platforms. Nicole is a tra trailblazer in fostering women's active participation in their healthcare journeys. Her mission is to redefine perspectives on women's health, encouraging a shift towards holistic and personalized approaches. Through her impactful digital education pro platform, the Sync Society, Nicole has positively impacted the lives of over 500 women, guiding them to revive their menstrual cycles and live in harmony with their bodies. <laughs> Welcome, Nicole. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I just want you to know that if people have listened to my podcast or they could come back to other um, episodes, I never read such a lengthy bio, except I, every word of that, I was feeling motivated. I was so excited because I mean, trailblazer, I think is an excellent word choice. FYI. I, your field is so necessary. And I thank you for making sense and recognizing that first of all. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I wanted to have you on because I love to talk about all areas of wellness and I I'm a dietitian and I developed this podcast after 13 years in practice because I look for, I've always looked for the root issues, you know, talk about holistic, right. And I always look for a common thread of what's going on behind what someone's saying. And when you're coming out of school and you learn about research, which of course is important in many ways, but when you hear things like PCOS, 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 like all over the place, and then you're told, well, it's the most diagnosed women's disease. And that's how I, it's like a script. It's like, so somebody would come in and say, oh, PCOS is like, yeah, well, that's the most diagnosed with women's disease. And then over time, you're like, why is that the most diagnosed women's disease? And, and sometimes, and in general, I'm careful with labels, but sometimes we have to question is it diagnosed because this is what it is? Or what does that even mean? Or is there just so much more behind here? So I'd love for you to take us through a little bit more of how you came to be uh, acknowledging this topic and what brought you here today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, I never thought that I'd be talking about menstrual health and periods for a living. Um, but I was on birth control for like nine-ish years. And I had really, really negative symptoms. I went to go see like four different doctors within three years. Every single one of them dismissed me. And around the same time that my intuition was like, 
you don't know yourself without synthetic hormones and like you have a lot of symptoms you're not getting answers so what could it be and like my intuition was telling me that it had something to do with my birth control and like all the medical gaslighting we could get into on another topic um but it really drove me to start to think about what my health was as a woman and you know i went off of birth control all of my symptoms went away i was also going through my training to be a holistic nutritionist and all around that time, I didn't know anything about my cycle. So once I went off of birth control, I started to do some research and found every single one of my symptoms laid out in either, you know, that tiny eight point font um, on that huge newspaper size pamphlet or like within research studies that I found online. And, you know, it, it was the first time that I was like, wow, you know, maybe I do need to become more active in my healthcare. And I also started doing more research into reproductive health. And that's when I found out that there was four phases to my menstrual cycle. And I was honestly flabbergasted. Like I was shocked because here I am thinking I'm well-educated. I'm going through training in holistic nutrition. I've always been really into biohacking and wellness and holistic health, but I still didn't know that there was four phases to my cycle. Uh, so it kind of all stemmed from there. I started doing a ton more research. The more I did, the more I found out I knew nothing. The more I talked to other women about it, the more I found out they knew nothing. And it started off with me really focusing on you know birth control, but really focusing on the four phases of the menstrual cycle and how you can actually support them. Because I was like, if if these hormones impact our bodies differently and they need to be supported differently, why aren't we doing that with the phases that you know they're more prominent or dominant? Um, so I started doing that and it's kind of taken a life of its own over the last three years that I've been doing this and I've, you know, expanded into a lot more things of, you know, helping women with PCOS or mm -hmm. endometriosis or other menstrual related issues. And it's been a really incredible journey. Yeah. I feel it's one of the most waved off, uh, symptoms that women receive it's like oh, no, 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 no. you know and they're just sort of being dramatic or oh yeah okay um I find it obviously with nutrition when people would tell me their cravings would intensify around their period and then you would look at standard research so to speak and or speak to OBGYNs a lot of them would say oh yeah but there's no research to support that so like everyone's imagining that they're feeling this way like you can't discount um personal opinions that you're hearing consistently. So take us through those different phases and how they might affect things like cravings and different symptoms that people can identify. And first of all, feel validated in because that's huge. Everyone just waves these off, but then how we could also help it. Yeah, absolutely. And just to mention your point, there is a ton of research on it. Mm -hmm. There's just not conglomerated research. So it's, you know, when you go to a healthcare professional, I never think it's with malice that they don't you know, know exactly what, you know, I talk about, I, right. But in a lot of capacities, it's piecing together a lot of different research. And that's what I really am hoping to do being in this field is to make it more known and make it more just general knowledge, because a lot of the knowledge that we have is around men's health and, and doesn't take our menstrual cycle into consideration. But when we go down to the menstrual cycle, let's break it down by phase. Um, so we start off, the menstrual cycle is from the first day of your period to the first day of your next true period. So a full flow, not spotting. Um, and that should be between about 24 to 36 days. Anything above or below that is starting to signify that something's up in the body, mm -hmm. right? So we start off with our menstrual phase, the, our period, the one we all know and love. 
And that is when our hormones are at their lowest. And then, you know, all of our over or our ovaries have what's called egg follicles. So there's these little sacs that house eggs in the ovaries. And every cycle, one of those becomes the dominant follicle that grows through what's called the follicular phase. So the follicular mm-hmm. phase is the second phase in the cycle. And that is when that follicle is growing and producing estrogen. So estrogen is really the dominant hormone in the first half of your cycle. Then when we approach ovulation, estrogen has to reach sufficient levels and that will trigger ovulation to occur. It will trigger the release of another hormone and that will cause ovulation to occur. Mm -hmm. And for phase syncing purposes, so tailoring your lifestyle to your cycle, we consider the ovulatory phase the few days before and after ovulation. But ovulation itself is only about a 24 to 48 hour window. Oh, then, yeah. I don't know if I knew that. I like I <laughs> we can talk more. Calendar. Yeah, I feel like on a tracker, it's like a nice, like, what do they put? Like a baby or a heart? For like, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, so ovulation itself is just when the egg is released from that follicle, mm-hmm. right? So, and then the egg will only survive for about 12 to 24 hours after ovulation. But in a few days, there's a lot of hormonal activity, right? So your hormones actually fluctuate about 30 to 50% daily in and around ovulation. So ovulation itself is actually- mood swings? Like, is that what that means? Not not necessarily. If you have too high levels of estrogen, that can be when a lot of women experience anxiety um, because it's uh, estrogen is an, an excitatory hormone. So it can get you a little bit anxious if there's too much there. Um, but ovulation is usually when women have the most energy, they feel frisky. Um, it's actually wild how estrogen can impact the brain as well. Your senses are actually heightened. So you have mm. slightly better sight, taste, um, hearing, vision. It's really cool. So if you're planning a date in and around ovulation, it's a great time. Uh, but it's um, only like 24 <laughs> hours. That's such a small window. Well, it's the few days before also. So okay. you really look at, I look at the ovulatory phase about the four-ish days before ovulation and the couple of days after ovulation, mm-hmm. but that's for phase syncing purposes. So it gets a little bit more complex when we're going into using the menstrual cycle for various purposes, for instance, avoiding pregnancy naturally, mm-hmm. phase syncing your nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle, or you know when you're looking at the ovarian cycle, et cetera. So we can get into that. But ovulation is really that peak event in your cycle. And the ovulatory phase is, is the few days before and after that. And then after ovulation occurs, that follicle that wants to house the egg and, and released it turns into what's called the corpus luteum, and that begins to produce progesterone. And progesterone is the dominant hormone for the remainder of your cycle and into your luteal phase. Um, and the luteal phase for a lot of people is a great time that you know, you'll feel a little bit more relaxed. It works on the neurotransmitters to be a little bit more relaxing and calming um, and really helps balance the effects of estrogen in the body. But if there's a disruption between the balance of estrogen and progesterone, especially at the end of your cycle, Mm -hmm. that's really where women are going to be experiencing those PMS symptoms, uh, cravings, headaches, cramps, et cetera. Right. And then, you know, if the egg hasn't been fertilized, then your hormones will fall and that will trigger a new cycle to begin. Right. And I think I saw a reference in your Instagram. One of your posts was saying that also may dictate the next cycle or what happens the next weeks if something went funky there? What kind of factors affect that? So your menstrual cycle can be impacted by various things, right? So stress is a huge thing, diet, exercise, lifestyle, 
you know, if you're drinking too much or if you're not sleeping enough, your cycle can be quite variable. Um, and I do want to mention that, you know, if women experience, you know, they miss their period or their period is late, it's not actually your period that is late most of the time. It's ovulation is late. Mm-hmm. So usually the follicular phase can be a little bit more variable than the uh luteal phase. So if your period is late, it's actually because ovulation was late in most cases. And, you know, you can actually track that. So I track my cycle for avoiding pregnancy naturally and fertility purposes, but that also gives me a really good cue. Like I knew that my period was going to be late this cycle because I knew that I ovulated a little bit later than I usually do because I was traveling, I was stressed out, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. What's the best way to start tracking if someone wants to start? I'm sure there's a whole method you get used to that inevitably is simple once you get down Mm -hmm. to the bottom of it. But how should they start for personally? I don't know if this is very, you know, first timer, but I just use use an app and I obviously know they're not uh, completely accurate, but it is extremely helpful. And I do put notes in there. So for example, mm-hmm. if I feel something, I do write it down. Cause I'm also pretty intuitive in general. And I had my own stuff, like with my pelvic area that I then related with all of this. And that made me even more interested in this. Like you said, recognizing there's other factors here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say what comes first, the chicken or the egg, but like literally <laughs> the egg, um, <laughs> but, um, but I, I found that what was helpful with this app was that I was writing my symptoms or when I mm-hmm. felt the pain or when I had mm-hmm. a drop of spotting. And then that gave more information, let's say to the app and gave me more information. So is, am I doing it right? Or how should someone get started with tracking themselves to be able to identify if something's going to be off? Totally. So there's, there's various different purposes of tracking your cycle. There's very different purposes of, of the level of tracking your cycle that you want to do. So I always, you know, go for the lowest hanging fruit because you have to start somewhere and then Mm -hmm. work your way up. Um, So first and foremost, start connecting to your body. I think women over our lifespan, we've been dismissed and validated, gaslit, et cetera, to gaslight ourselves into not, you know, thinking that our symptoms are real or Mm -hmm. thinking that we're over-exaggerating or whatever it is. And that has often cause like disconnect with our bodies. So we don't listen to our bodies and everything that we do, all everything that our bodies tell us is communication, mm-hmm. right? So if we're able to become in contact with that, then we can start to build upon it, right? So if you're just starting out and you don't want to go head first right away, I would say just start connecting to your body. Like every day do a kind of a scan ask yourself, how are you feeling? How are you feeling mentally? How are you feeling physically? How did you sleep, et cetera? And write it down and write down the day of your cycle as well. So starting from the first day of a a full flow, start then and write down and you'll start to notice patterns. And this can be really, really helpful in just your general life, right? But if you do want to go a little bit deeper into it, then the only real especially if you're looking at avoiding pregnancy naturally and using your cycle tracking uh, for fertility purposes, I would always only recommend the symptothermal method of fertility awareness. So mm-hmm. fertility awareness methods usually get a really bad rap because you know people are like, oh, my friend's mom got pregnant when she was on mm-hmm. her period, or this is just guessing, et cetera. So there's different types of FAM. Um, one of them being the calendar method, which is what you're seeing with all of those apps that you just log the days of your period. And those are not effective. 
because Mm -hmm. like I said previously, your cycle can be variable and those apps can't factor in different variables that may lead to premature delayed ovulation, right? So the symptothermal method of FAM is tracking your biomarkers. So they're physical signs that your body gives you in response to fluctuating hormones, such as your cervical mucus and your basal body temperature, as well as Mm -hmm. your cervical position that actually allow you to see what's going on in your body, see the hormonal levels, um, through these physical signs that your body is giving you so that you can actually identify when you're fertile, when you're not fertile, and when you're in different phases. And if you're using the symptothermal method properly and effectively and consistently, it's 99.6% effective at not getting pregnant. Yeah. So I've been using it for three years, haven't had a pregnancy scare once because I know exactly when I'm fertile and when I'm not. And of course, there's a lot to go into it. I have a three-part workshop for it. Oh, that's Um, amazing. Yeah. And it's like six hours worth of content. So it's, it's not like a, you know, just write a couple of things down. In general, anything holistic is like a training, but then inevitably makes you feel way more in tune with yourself. I mean, let's just take an obvious example when women are so much hating on themselves for not being in control at night because they're just overeating Mm -hmm. and they're hating themselves. And why am I like this? It's like, talk about disconnect. They're disconnected many times, not always, but with the internally their body, let's say it is Mm -hmm. related to following these phases. Lately, I also find I'm sure, you know, like it could change just depending on things coming up in your life. I was noticing it for me, it takes a minute, meaning like a month, two or three months of certain symptoms where I'm like, huh, I'm noticing I'm a little more weepy around my period, which I never Mm. flagged before. Either I've had it and I never just was in tune with it or it's something recent that came up, whatever it is. I sort of like knowing that it gives you this, um, non-pressuring calming feeling internally that you're like, okay. And all of us Mm -hmm. are supposed to treat ourselves with kindness and love, which is always hard to find. And this type of these methods help you in so much more, right? That's what holistic means is like, it helps you just love on yourself a little and be like, you know what? getting my period and it's yeah. a pretty hard time right now versus I love being that, so hating. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you say that because that is a huge thing that I talk to all of my clients about. It's like, if the one thing that you get from me is that you're connected to your body and you give yourself grace, then like, I'm, I'm good. Because I think, you know, for me, I used to go through these roller coasters of emotion. Um, I didn't trust myself. It really affected my self-confidence because I was so, you know, one moment I was fine. The next moment I'm not one moment. I feel really clear and focused the next, you know, a week later, I feel brain fog and lost. And it always made me feel disconnected to myself and like not have the confidence that I really deserved. And then once I started doing all this research, et cetera, et cetera, I started to recognize all of these patterns and recognize that they followed exactly my hormonal phases. And that was able to like give myself grace Mm -hmm. and give yourself a little bit extra space. And also when you're doing this, your menstrual cycle is your fifth vital sign because it tells you Mm. so much about your health. Yeah. Doctors are recognizing it as your fifth vital sign because it really tells you so much. I don't know, just putting it like that just makes Mm -hmm. so much sense. Yeah. And when you start to get in tune with that, you can pick things out really quickly. So like you said, it took you about like three cycles or three months to, to really tune into something being off. But if you're really tracking your cycle, you can really notice pretty quickly. And if you're really in tune with your body, you can notice really quickly what might be off. 
And then also, if you have the knowledge and the know-how to then I also identify why that might be happening, right? Like I wasn't concerned that my cycle was late or that my period was late this month because A, I knew it was going to be because my ovulation was delayed. B, I know exactly why. Right. right. I know I was stressed. I know that I wasn't sleeping properly. And like I can actually pinpoint why so that in the next cycle, I can kind of mitigate a lot of those so I don't have as many negative symptoms. Also, if there's certain things like, you know, I can tell when I'm going to have a painful period. So I kind of preemptively, I predict and prepare for what might happen so I can give myself a little bit more space. I can nourish myself a little bit differently. I can focus on different things. I can cancel plans or not make plans and say no, because I know that I'm not going to be up for it, you know? And it, it really allows you to feel at home within your body and like in control of your life in a lot of ways. Absolutely. I, I love how you said sort of two things there. One is sometimes just not going out in a crowd because you don't want to. You see, sometimes we get FOMO or we mm -hmm. feel like, but now I'm always like this. And again, what's wrong with me direction? And this is more like this. You're not going to be like this forever. It's just like one week that you want to stay home. But then I also love that you talked about nourishing because that's what I was going to ask. Like, do you have any go to's that people can actively do during these times? Or is that also relative to how you were saying it depends how it shows up for somebody and which estrogen, progesterone, or is there sort of like a go-to like, well, obviously, for example, like hydrate, you know, make sure mm -hmm. you're extremely hydrated or what can be some go-to things that if you feel or sense it's going to be a tough one, um, how can you help yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, there's different things. I focus on phase sync nutrition a lot. So tailoring your nutrition to the different phases of your cycle, which if I we want to dive into that, yes. we can. Um, also the five different types of PMS, they all have different reasons for them and therefore natural solutions in a lot of ways. So yeah, it I'd love does to talk depend. like nutrition and fitness, depending on that's what really like perked my ears up because I'm also personally very into fitness too. And I was seeing all this research about depending on your phase, like shift your fitness for this. And I, I love, again, mm -hmm. I love all this stuff. I love when it comes back to myself, <laughs> like why, why, you know, it, people run away from themselves. I love thinking about myself and working mm -hmm. on myself. Like it's such a empowering thing when you feel like you have something to build towards people will run away from it or feel shame about it because they don't recognize that they have their own power here. You know, you got to show up for yourself and learn and it's the best, but so how can we shift nutritionally, fitness-wise um, in our different phases? Sure. So like I said, start off with the menstrual phase. And during the menstrual phase, your hormones are at their lowest. You also may be losing about two milligrams of iron per day. So it's really important to focus on iron during that time because that will also help mitigate a lot of the fatigue symptoms and kind of those longer term symptoms of having lower iron levels. Um, and of course, with all of the phase sync nutrition, there's tons more that goes into it, but these mm -hmm. are kind of like spark notes mm -hmm. for some of them. Uh, but right. So you're losing some minerals. So it's really important to focus on kind of those warming foods as well. It affects your digestive system. So warming, easily digestible foods can be really helpful during that time. And then as you enter into your follicular phase, you want to support estrogen production and regulation. So making sure that not only are you supporting estrogen production, but also how your body's metabolizing it um, so that you don't experience an imbalance later on in your cycle, right? So things like cruciferous vegetables can be really helpful during that time. They really help to regulate estrogen. And then in and around ovulation, like I said previously, your hormones fluctuate about 30 to 50% in and around that time. So having higher levels of hormones 
hormones means also those hormones need to exit the body in a lot of ways um, that your body's not using. So that can be really taxing on the liver. So Mm. supporting the liver, supporting anti-inflammation can be really helpful during that time. And then as we enter into the luteal phase, focusing on foods that support uh, progesterone production, um, zinc, vitamin E can be really helpful during that time. Um, And then of course, based on what uh, PMS symptoms you might have, that can identify some of the foods that you can have. What I love doing is uh, mood boosting amino acids. Mm. Uh, So you know, about uh, 90 to 95% of serotonin is made in your gut. So our happy hormone. Um, And in the luteal phase, um, your serotonin levels are actually lower. So estrogen works really well with serotonin. That's usually why we feel a lot happier in the first half of our cycle, because estrogen makes serotonin stay in the brain a little bit longer. We have those effects for a longer, so we feel it more. And then in your luteal phase, that dips down. So having mood boosting amino acids can potentially help you to boost up your serotonin. Um, So things like pumpkin seeds, peanuts, turkey, et cetera, that contain you know, L-tryptophan or L-tyrosine for um, dopamine. So that can be super helpful. And of course, there's tons more that goes into it. But as you can see, there's it's not just supporting your body is, is changing during those different phases, right? Your body needs to be supported in different ways. And by doing that through nutrition, you can really help that balance of hormones um, and you know, as I said previously as well, what you're doing in the first half of your cycle can really impact how you experience PMS. Right. So. Right. Like I'm thinking of that song, like man feels like a woman or something like, (laughs) whoa, like what we go through is, is quite honestly, just so amazing when you learn it, even on this deeper level, like we know that, but Mm -hmm. you really feel that this is just so much there in a month. And then when I speak to women about weight management, it's, I always say, and then you have to factor in being a woman and Mm -hmm. what your body's going through. And I think we share that same approach because I've heard of you speak about on your Instagram page that weight. I've always said this, even as a dietitian, that weight always follows like Mm -hmm. your overall health. Like I'm never worried, quote unquote, about someone's weight, wherever that's meant to be for their body, if their overall health is really managed in a certain way. And that also is emotional health. So hugely, hugely emotional health. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also with this area, I find is this is all relating to emotional health too. I mean, talking neurotransmitters, serotonin, happy hormones, like, I mean, what, what else can we explain to people that everything's so connected, interconnected, mm-hmm. what came first is sort of not even the point. It's everything. Exactly. And, um, but so then speaking into fitness, because all of this, like we talked about how this would relate to weight. I mean, all our conversations are relating to weight today anyway. But when it comes to fitness, I also recognize certain hormones could drive different focuses in fitness. Yeah, absolutely. And and to your point, I do I do agree with the whole thing of, you know, weight loss shouldn't necessarily be your primary goal. It should be a side effect of living a holistically mm-hmm. healthy lifestyle and having your body function optimally. And I often use the analogy of your body is is like a symphony, right? So all of the different systems in your body can be like different instruments. But if one of those instruments are off tune, then the whole orchestra sounds off, right? So the body is the same thing. It's one system made up of various different systems and they all need to be functioning properly. Um, So that's why like when I repair, you know, when we go through uh, my cycle revival program, it's about cycle revival, but you have to first revive all of those other 
aspects of your body, your, um, your blood sugar levels, your cortisol levels, and then go into mm-hmm. your gut health and your liver health. Cause all of it is really interconnected, which is um, a ton of unpacking. Like we <laughs> said, you're saying it simply, but that's a ton. It's, it's probably a simple strategy to follow. We're just recognizing how you're speaking, but it's, that's a lot of work already. Like that's a lot of progress. You see a lot of times with people, we do, let's say an in-body body composition assessment, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that just flags is when fat is above 50%. And generally speaking, it's like a good indicator to show that just the body has a lot of inflammation. Like let's just talk mm-hmm. on like a very simple level. And people, let's say, were would be frustrated or expect to lose weight quicker because they have quote unquote, so much to lose. They're not recognizing how much inflammation, high cortisol and all this, their body is pumping for whatever reasons. Let's Mm -hmm. take fat as a obvious example that you first have to get your body to a, let's call it like homeostasis place. If that could ever be perfectly achieved, but you got to get that inflammation down before your Mm -hmm. body could do anything like comfortably. And sometimes it actually hits a point where then I call it, it's a hamster wheel and you're moving. But what we're discussing is, and I, and what we really know, even though people aren't always ready to hear is that that literally means overall, you know, healthier in general, like everything start, all the mechanics are starting to work, right? We're getting the rust out and, mm-hmm. and the, the, the oiling and tweaking things and inflammation is going down. Yeah, absolutely. It's like for, for my programs, like I do a top down approach pretty much. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I start off with reducing the inflammation because if you still have that inflammation, it's going to be really hard to repair the other systems, right? Right. If your blood sugar levels are all over the place, it's going to be really hard to control inflammation Mm -hmm. and cortisol, et cetera. So it's, it's really going through it step by step and, and, you know, it does sound in a lot of ways like overwhelming for a lot of people. But what I also really think is important to know, um, especially when it comes to menstrual health and women's health, like we have about 451 menstrual cycles in our life spanning 38.5 years. So that's a lot. Like one of the most long lasting, consistent things in our life. You know, Absolutely. And it impacts and it impacts every single aspect of our life, how our body works, how we feel, our emotions, et cetera, how we remember things. Like it impacts everything. So if you start slowly, you know, if you think back to like six months ago, you can probably be like, whoa, that was six months ago. It felt like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you start small and then start stacking, it's so much easier to then in six months, a year from now, you start to recognize it like, whoa, look at all this progress that I've made. And then it becomes really intuitive. And when you really understand your body and how to support it, then you also are able to help yourself through all of these different situations, right? Like every time I work with a client, I know I shouldn't be saying this because it's bad business practice (laughs) because I want my clients to work with me all the time, but I never want my client to have to work with me again. I always do the same thing. I was like, I'd love to see you on the street and like say hi, but I don't want, I'm not going to be in your life like that. We'll be friends, but that's about it. Yeah. Like we can talk all the time. You can book appointments with me. We'll just like chat about things, but like, I want you to have the resources and the knowledge and the knowledge about your own body to be able to help yourself with all these different situations. I love this. We sound the same, but from such different angles, which Mm -hmm. feels so beautiful because weight loss or weight management is people approach it in such a different, Mm -hmm. from a different direction, not recognizing what we're discussing today of just how much more internal 
things are going on and to pay attention to in a way that makes you feel empowered and in tuned. So mm-hmm. then you quote unquote, don't have to do this again, or don't have to do this. And there's no doing, it just becomes internal. And I love that you pointed out six months, a year, right? Anything that's holistic, but worth it, worth it in so many more ways than the one objective mm-hmm. takes time. It takes yeah. time. at least 90 days. At least 90 days, but then the really integration of all of that, the consistency of all of that is like an extended period for it to become intuitive, for it to become something that just like easily falls into your life, right? Like you can repair your systems pretty well with about 90 days. I think a lot of nutritional protocols are about 90 days, but then it's all about that like really solidifying it, really making sure that it's it's not just something that you did and then forgot about. And then you have to do it again and again and again, every six months to a year. It's like, okay, now it's maintenance and now yeah. it's, you know, and I think um, because, you know, talking about weight loss and everything, when it comes to menstrual related issues, especially as you, you mentioned earlier, PCOS is one of the most diagnosed conditions that women experience. And so often women are told just to lose weight and their PCOS symptoms will be better. Mm-hmm. And I, it makes me cringe so yeah. much because especially when it comes to PCOS, women will then try to exercise more, eat less, mm-hmm. but then that Crazy. causes further issue in the body, further cortisol, mm-hmm. further, you know, our stress hormone, further, um, inflammation, which then makes it even harder to lose weight. And then it's this hamster wheel of, of not being able to succeed. And then it affecting the mental health being like, yeah. it's not willpower. It's no. your actual hormones. And just eating less and working out more is oftentimes not what you should be doing. It should be about repairing the different systems, nourishing your body, treating your body well. And, you know, when we're talking about inflammation and cortisol and stress, a lot of the time your body can't tell the difference between physical stress and emotional stress. Right. And it, it's really important for us to recognize that stress and cortisol is a physiological response in the body, mm-hmm. right? Stress is a physiological response in the body. You're releasing hormones when you're stressed that impact almost every cell in your body, mm-hmm. right? So it's really, really important because I think oftentimes when people are like, oh, mental health is just mental health. Let's do talk therapy, et cetera. But your physical health plays such a huge role in it. And it has that bi-directional relationship that stress plays a role in your physical health and your physical health plays a role in your stress responses. Absolutely. And sadly, I feel like we learn, we recognize that as we grow older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's life. It's like a maturity slash like, but again, it ends up being just opening up the best experience. It's a scary step to take for some reason, because it's also the one that feels the best once you take it. So mm-hmm. if we had to leave everybody today, cause I, I have, so I want like part two personally, I'm down. Let's do um, it. But, you know, we could even open it up for people to ask questions and then do a part two based off of what they got excited about. But what can we leave uh, women with or people with with everything what we started to talk about today? I would say if there's one thing to start doing that you can take an action step today is start connecting to your body in an intentional way right? Do a scan of your body either in the morning or at night. Ask yourself how you're feeling. Really tune into the different sensations of your body without judgment. I think that's an important thing too. We don't have to kind of push things aside or assume that we might be feeling a certain way. And so we'll like skew our answers. Just 
just plain and simple, write down a couple of things about how you're feeling and start to do that. You will start to see so many patterns because you'll start to recognize different things are correlated with your cycle. Different things are correlated with the amount of sleep that you have or what you're eating. And when you start to really tune into your body, then you can really start to incorporate different aspects of holistic health and nutrition and everything else. But baseline, 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 start to just tune in with your body because women especially have been so disconnected from ourselves. And that has been a detriment to our health physically, emotionally, spiritually, et cetera. And reconnecting to your body is one of the best things that you can do for yourself. Ah, I breathe a sigh of relief. So I hope everybody else did too. Let us know how we could follow you. What's your Instagram? And I'd love info on that workshop before we end. Sure. Um, Instagram and TikTok are both at Nicole.Bendayan. And you can visit thesyncsociety.com. And I have my Fundamentals of Fam workshop. Uh, I run it usually quarterly. So it's a three-part workshop series to help you um, learn how to track your cycle so that you can use that to either avoid pregnancy naturally, increase your chances of conception, and just monitor your overall health. And then I also have my Cycle Revival Blueprint um, that I'm releasing really soon. And that is a 12-week uh, 12 program, so a three-month program or three-cycle program um, that helps you really understand the foundations of your health and nutrition, work on repairing the different systems in the body, like I said, blueprint of starting from the top down. And then the third part of that uh, program is all about how you can live in tune with your cycle once you have easy, symptomless, regular cycles. Ah. Uh, you can start living in tune with it through nutrition, um, lifestyle, and fitness. Amazing. Okay. Thanks for coming on. Don't forget to tune in for more episodes on Spotify and be sure to follow us on TikTok at Instagram at Nourished by Beth for more wellness ideas.